Amen. Good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. Great. Oh, great to see everyone. I love this time of the year. I love Thanksgiving. Uh, but before I get started, my voice is going to annoy some of you guys quite a bit. I had the worst case of laryngitis this week. My voice was gone, like completely gone for three days. It was just, I couldn't even do this, you know, talking low like this, which is what you do sometimes. The past this week was so bad, and uh, my kids were like so not understanding. Because I would say like, hey, I, I would say, hey, do this. And, and they'd be like, what? Why are you talking so quietly? It's like, we can't hear you. We don't understand what you're saying. It was really, it was really, um, Esther won a lot of fights this week. You know, it's just, anyways, I love Thanksgiving, so I'm going to have a bottle of water. My voice is going to uh, crack a little bit, and, but I'm going to try to speak a little bit softer. We'll see how that goes. I look forward to this time of the year on so many levels, and one of it is, you know, for obvious reasons, food. So I'm going to ask all of you guys to greet one another by sharing with each other your favorite food, uh, your favorite dish at this time of the year during a Thanksgiving meal. So would you guys stand up and, and uh, greet one another and share with one another your favorite dish? All right, so what did you hear? What are some of the ones? Just call them out. Turkey? Okay, turkey, okay. Stuffing, who said? Mashed potatoes, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Sushi, okay. okay. In our family, we have, every person has a favorite dish. It's very, very clear. Uh, Lucy loves mashed potatoes. She will eat mashed potatoes like an Irishman. You know? uh, Max loves stuffing. Okay, he, he, it's, it's his favorite food, um, what, what do you call it, uh, food group, yeah. It's, a, it's his favorite food group, he's like, oh, stuffing, and then like proteins, and then whatever. Um, Esther will make you go out, and she has actually done this, she will make you go out mid-meal to the store if you don't have pumpkin pie. Okay, so, I don't know if we have pumpkin pie, I'm just like wondering, he's like, do we have pumpkin pie? Did anybody bring pumpkin pie? Okay, we have, okay, so nobody has to go to the store. Okay, so that's good. Mine, anybody want to guess what mine might be? Kirsten's going to guess like kimchi, you know, because it's a famous story. It's like, but it's not me. It's just, I thought Kirsten was more Korean than I thought she was. So, um, cranberries, cranberry sauce, the kind that comes in the can, the kind that burps out, the kind of, where you have to take an axe and, you know, put Chop the log, right? So that's my favorite. Now, seriously, <laughs> with a little bit, yeah. Uh, what I'm really grateful for during this time is the reminder to be grateful to God, right? That's what I'm really, really grateful for. Um, I read an article that called it the most psychologically healthy holiday of the year. Now, there is incredible power in that. And just being grateful, to live a grateful life. It's critical for our psychological and, our, and for our physical health. Not only can it make us, help us to draw closer to God, but it can actually help us. Being grateful helps us to draw closer to one another, to closer to other people as well. There are all sorts of fringe benefits, in fact. Now, you can even 
sleep better if you're grateful, it says. Did you guys know that? You can sleep better if you're grateful. Now, we can all agree, I think, that we all want to sleep better at night. How many of you guys would say that, yeah, I, I would love to sleep better at, at night? Okay. Uh, actual statistic from the CDC. The percent of the population that has a problem sleeping. Anybody want to guess? 62%. 62%. Okay. My wife and I, we used to be able to sleep really, really well when we first got married. <laughs> Until we had kids, right? In the early days of our marriage, when we would go to sleep, basically we would, you know, tuck ourselves in and we would say to each other, good night, and, you know, good night, right? <clears throat> Nowadays, when we go to sleep, it's like, good luck, good luck, right? <laughs> um, and some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. I remember very, very distinctly uh, this elevator, that I, elevator ride that I had going to the hospital in the parking lot. Um, it, it, I was stuck in one of those parking lot elevators. For whatever reason, those parking lot elevators are super, super slow, right? And I remember distinctly going to visit Lucy, uh, my, my daughter at the hospital. And I, for whatever reason, um, these two guys that were in the elevator with me, they pegged me as the new dad. And um, they started talking to each other. They were kind of a little bit older. They said, oh, I remember. Oh, man, those are some tough times. I remember, you know, we, we never went to sleep. Boy, that was really, really tough. And the other guy says, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that was awful. Now, how long, how long did that last? And the other guy responds like, yeah, what, 18 years. <laughs> and they're chuckling. They're making fun of me. And I remember distinctly, I remember thinking, not my daughter, not my child. Little did I know, little did I know, our kids, I might talk about our kids a little bit, you know, they're here, and I wasn't planning for that, I don't know how they're going to take this, so I don't know what happens with Sam when, when he goes home and he, after he talks about the kids, but I'm going to talk my, my, about my kids in front of them for the first time. Our kids will take turns coming into the room in the middle of the night for totally ridiculous reasons, right? At 3 a.m., 2 a.m., they come in and they say have all sorts of reasons. They're kind of like, oh, I was scared. Okay, that sounds okay. Sometimes they'll say, like, I had a dream. Was it a bad dream? It's like, no, I just had a dream. It's like, what? Sometimes they'll come in and they say, oh, I woke up. It's like, I woke up is not a good reason for you to come in and disturb my sleep. They'll say, I have to go potty. You know, they'll, they'll come in and they'll, it's like, and you're thinking, why don't you then just go potty? You know, all these things, all these things. And one time, I think, one time, I, I distinctly remember one of them saying, I missed you. And it's like, no, no, it doesn't feel like that at 3 in the morning. It doesn't feel anything like that. And what they do, both of them have done this. Um, and some parents I've talked to, you guys, for whatever reason, this is a kid thing. But sometimes you're like sleeping and you just get, you know how you just get the sense? You kind of like stir a little bit and open your eyes. And you look. And there's face right next to you. And it just like freaks you out. No matter who it is. It doesn't matter. And, and they're, they're so short. So it's like right there. And you just go, how long have you been standing there? Hours? So here's the problem. Here's the problem. After seven years, seven plus years of doing this. Our brains have been conditioned to not sleep well. 
before it would take a kick in the shin to arouse us away, right? But now we're like flighty, like lab monkeys. We are light sleepers who rarely get REM cycle, you know? That even if no one comes in to bother us, we're both like kind of like, you know, we've just been too many years of doing this. We still get bad sleep. Now, what does this have to do with gratitude and thanksgiving? Recently, there's been a lot of studies on gratitude, a lot of research on this. And it's one of the hot, hot areas of study in behavioral sciences. And I found this New York Times article uh, talking about the studies of people who live their lives from the perspective of gratitude. And it said that these people were, listen carefully, it said that these people who live their lives from the perspective of gratitude were less prone to anxiety and depression Anybody struggle with anxiety and depression? Had higher life satisfaction. They just had higher life satisfaction. They're just more satisfied with their lives. Were kinder toward others. Had better romantic lives. And by romantic lives, I'll just leave it there for now with this company. Were less aggressive when provoked. Were less aggressive when provoked. So the researchers, they asked, is this attitude something that is just ingrained, that is inborn in some people? Or is it something that can be learned? And that would be the next step, right? So some of these researchers got together, and um, they set up a control group to track normal behavior, right? The control group, basically, it's the group that does normal things. They just say, live your life. Just do your thing. And they set up another group, the experiment group, who are very much, of course, like the control group, except for one thing, one thing. Once a week, they were told to write down five things that they were thankful for. Once a week, they were told to write down five things that they were thankful for and then write just one sentence about that thing. Could be anything. Could be anything. A friend's generosity. Uh, Something that they learned. Something interesting that they learned. Um, The sunset. After just... Two months, just two months of doing this, you know what happened? These people were more hopeful and happier in their lives. They had better physical health just from doing this thing. After two months, they, were noticeably, they had noticeably better physical health, and they worked out significantly more than the non-thankful or the non-thankfulness writing group. And lastly, of course, They slept better. They slept better. They fell asleep quicker. They slept longer and woke up feeling more refreshed. Gratitude can do amazing things. Scientists are just discovering that now. But that's only the fringe benefits. That's only the side benefits in one sense. I get a little bit giddy when science and research uh, bears out something that scripture has always pointed to. Because the Bible has always pointed to this, right? And valued the life of gratitude as being essential to who we are as people of God. Somebody's heckling me. (laughs) This is the basic underlying premise of the Bible regarding human happiness, folks. Listen carefully. The basic underlying premise of the Bible regarding human happiness is we will not become happier more content as a result of having more and more things in our lives, 
or having more control in different circumstances in our lives. Rather, we become happier as a result of becoming more and more aware of God's presence and God's goodness in our lives. That's the central premise of the Bible regarding human happiness. That we will not be happier because we have more, we have more control, more things. Rather, we will be happier. Human happiness is to be based on awareness of God's goodness and God's presence in our lives. This is a central theme in the Bible. This is one of the central themes in the Bible. A couple of months ago, I surveyed just um, Apostle Paul's teaching on this. How he says in almost every single letter that he writes, be thankful. Be grateful, people. In every and all circumstance, be thankful. Be grateful, people. In fact, what he says that in essence is that with every dirty, rotten, negative emotion, negative attitude, under, uh, um, unedifying behavior that you may have, that you may be, uh, exp- uh, you may be doing, Whenever you feel those things or do those things, replace it with thanksgiving. That's what Paul says. He says to the church in Thessalonica, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, all circumstances, he says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. But he says to the church in Ephesus, he says, give thanks to God the Father for everything. Don't be picky, but rather in everything. And to the church of Colossae, he says, live with a song of gratitude in our hearts. I love the way that sounds. It says, singing praise to him and thanksgiving all the days of your life. It says, live with a song of gratitude in your hearts. Live in gratitude. It's just scriptures are just full of this. So whatever you feel like being critical, whenever you feel like you're doing all the work while all the other people lays around, whenever you feel like life is unfair, Whenever you feel that sense of entitlement boiling over into resentment, give thanks to God. Give thanks to God. That's what the scriptures are saying. Not in denial of reality, but to bring you into the reality outside of your self-important bubble. So, let's put these two things together. Scientists, researchers, are discovering that we just work better. Human beings work better when we're thankful. And the biblical witness tells us that we're at our best when we're most thankful, most grateful to God, right? The question is, if the benefits are so clear and the command is so clear, why do we still struggle with it so much? Why do so many of us still struggle with anxiety? Struggle to get a good night's sleep. Struggle to keep our negative emotions in check. Struggle with being generous in our spirit. Struggle when we run into an obstacle or a conflict. In other words, why are we so unthankful so often? I mean, um, I think about this stuff all the time, right? Because it's part of my job. (laughs) As well as I'm a pastor, and, and it's surrounding me in my life. How to be more grateful. I think about this all the time. How to be more grateful. How to help other people become more grateful. But every day, I find myself reacting to my kids in a way that makes me wonder, well, what's in my heart? 
Every day I find myself reacting to something that my wife might say in a way that I go, what was that about? What's that about? But the people that I love the most, I do this. It's awful. It's awful, but it's the truth. My only solace, and it's actually really not a solace at all. It's really not a comfort at all because my only solace is that I see this behavior in others, right? People that I admire and respect, even. In other words, we all struggle with gratitude living, whether we think we do or not. We all struggle with this. There's none of us that's got this thing right and completely full, even though we might think we may have it. You guys ever hear of the 80-20 rule? Anybody ever hear of the 80-20 rule? Um, It's a business principle, except I feel like when it comes to gratitude, I practice more like the 90-10 rule. Nine times out of ten, 90% of the times, I am ungrateful. Nine, time, nine times out of ten, nine out of ten situations, I forget to give thanks. Jesus encountered this truth in the story that we read in Luke 17, right? The Bible story. And he addressed it one time in the story with a group of lepers. Let me ask you, with this story regarding the ten lepers that are healed and one comes back and, and gets healed, uh, one comes back and gives thanks, The other nine that walked away, do you think any of them ever said to themselves, you know what, I am not going to give thanks? Do you think any of them said, I'm going to be ungrateful people? No. They just walked away. They just walked away. They didn't even know they were being ungrateful. They didn't even realize they were being ungrateful. It simply didn't occur to them that a life of gratitude, the better life was awaiting them. Now, in the story in Luke, it wasn't one person forgetting to say thanks nine times out of ten. Rather, it was ten people with nine people forgetting to say thanks, right? But the point is the same because I think we are, we are the ten. Every one of us, we are the ten. Meaning, we are grateful just enough of the times to fool ourselves into thinking that we got this gratitude thing down. We're grateful just enough of the times to think, I am a grateful, generally a grateful person. Maybe I don't, I'm not grateful all the time, but I'm generally a grateful person. I think that's us. I think we fool ourselves into thinking because we remember that one time when we remember to give thanks. Remember that one time in which we didn't take God for granted. But in reality, we lead basically ungrateful lives and we don't even know, know it. And we don't even know it. Do you know when you know it? Do you know when you know it? It's actually interesting. When you start giving thanks, right? That's when you start realizing you've been ungrateful. That's when you start realizing you've been taking things for granted. In the experiment that I talked about earlier, that control group, no one ever told them to not give thanks, right? No one ever said to them, be ungrateful people. No one ever said they couldn't think about the things in their lives that they should be thankful for. They just didn't know that they were the non-gratitude group. But they were. And this is us. This is our condition. 
And this is what I want for us as we gather today in this time of worship to do, begin to do together. This is one of the things that I would want for every one of us to do, to try to understand a life of gratitude. And we want to try a little bit of an experiment ourselves. So for the next six weeks, that's to the end of the year, starting today, as part of our worship, one of the things that we're going to do is just to simply, as part of our worship, we're going to write down five things that we're thankful for. And we're going to start that today. To realize how much we've been taking God for granted. To realize how much we've been taking things for granted. Five things that we're grateful to God for. I'm going to ask right now, we've got some ushers to be ready with this. And for all of you guys to ready yourselves with a piece of paper and a pen. If you don't have a pen, we've got pens to hand out to you. Even the kids are going to be asked to participate because I think this is a fantastic opportunity. This is one of the things that I really wanted for the kids to come into because it's not going to be hard for them. Because they learned to, th- they were reminded every day, saying thank you. But I think it's a great, great um, opportunity for them to see us being thankful. So I want to ask every single person, and we're going to do this as part of our worship for the next six weeks. And see how that goes. Now, I'm not going to stop you from doing this throughout the week either. To, during the weekdays either. But I want you to just. Um, everybody have a piece of paper and pen. Kellen needs one here. so I think he needs a pen. So. Even little kids, even if they can't write quite well, they could draw things that they're thankful for. Okay, so I think that's a great thing. And if they're too young to draw things that they're thankful for, then they could probably just kind of wait it out, you know. So I want you to list this. um, Here are the instructions, really simply. Five things that you're thankful to God for. Would you write down five things? And after you write down those five things, write one sentence about each one of those things. So five things that you're thankful for. And after that, write one sentence, one short sentence about that thing.
they see you doing it, okay? I'm going to give you guys plenty of time to do this. The sermon's over. Look at the time. Look at that. Aren't you grateful for that? I'm going to give you guys a chance, actually, to share with each other, if, there, if, you, if you don't mind. <clears throat> you don't have to share everything with each other, uh, but um, you can share. You don't have to share it to random strangers. This time you could, you know, just share with uh, somebody that's sitting next to you or uh, somebody that, you know, you want to, don't mind sharing it with, okay? So go ahead and share one or two from your list. All right, good stuff. A lot of joy in being able to share the things that you're grateful for as well, right? So, um, good stuff. 
Now, here's the, here's the challenge a little bit. So we're going to do this for six weeks, and I'm going to ask for you guys to not repeat. So that means for those of you who listed, like, every member of your family <laughs> the first time, and that's fine, that's fine, you need to, um, then you're going to come up with something else, and maybe you, you'll run out. Uh, I doubt that, but that's part of the different attitude that we're going to be taking during this time. So uh, it's great to have the kids here reminding us about a lot of things to be thankful for. And it's a powerful reminder, isn't it? So um, I started off this message just to close us up, talking about those indispensable dishes that we need in order to make Thanksgiving meal right. And I think sometimes we neglect the fact that Thanksgiving, giving thanks, is indispensable. Not just for Thanksgiving, but for our lives. And I want for us to really, really take this to heart and make it serious and have it be part of our worship in a very uh, personal, meaningful but also in a communal way. So that's what we began doing. And, and I do encourage you guys to do this continually throughout the week as well, if you think about it. Even if you don't have time to write it down as you're thinking about various things, don't always be thinking about who should I trade in fantasy, fantasy basketball, you know, as you're driving your car. <laughs> It'll just happen. It's not like you make better decisions because you think about it so much. But think also about what are you thankful for? Be thankful for the really meaningful things, and those things will change you, especially as we give glory to God for the things that He has blessed us. In so many ways, our God, the Creator, has given us so many powerful, possible reminders, and we pass by them every day. And I believe it is the truth, not just in my life, that in most of our lives, that nine times out of ten, we just simply don't see it. And I challenge you guys to see more and more that it would no longer be just one time out of ten that you see, but rather twice out of ten, three times out of ten, until, until you get to a point you, where you realize, wow, even though I thought I could get to nine out of ten or ten out of ten, the more and more I give thanks to God for stuff in my life, the more and more I realize that God is blessing me in more and more ways. May we see that. May we see that. As we celebrate Thanksgiving, may we be reminded that of this incredible truth. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, let's pray. I'm going to ask the band to come up and lead us in a time of response song. God, we thank you so much. We thank you for the weather. We thank you for sleep. We thank you for our kids. We thank you for our parents. We thank you for our friends. We thank you for our spouses. We thank you for um, our teachers. We thank you for our relatives. We thank you for so many different people around us. We thank you for the gifts of good things that you surround us with. We thank you for giving us community. We thank you for you loving us and saving us, sending Jesus down to us so that we might know you. In Jesus' we pray, amen.